Well, it's lovely to have you here. Welcome to church. My name's David. I'm the pastor here. If uh, you're a visitor, we especially love to have visitors and uh, we'd love you to hang around afterwards. We're going to have coffee outside. If you don't have to rush off somewhere, uh, we'd love you to join us and stay for a little while. Uh, We're going to be looking mostly at uh, Matthew's account of the Christmas story. And uh, so if you've got a Bible, that'd be great to open that. You know, I I must have read the Christmas story dozens of times, but... um, I always notice something new, so it's, uh, it's good to be following along. Uh, let's pray for God's help before we start. Our Heavenly Father, uh, what a blessing, what a joy it is to gather together on this Sunday morning, uh, Sunday when we remembered the resurrection of Jesus, uh, but also on this particular Sunday to remember his birth, uh, when you came to dwell among us, Emmanuel. Uh, what, what a privilege, what a joy, what an undeserved gift. May we rejoice in him. Amen. Uh, there are a range of different reactions to Christmas presents being opened. I don't know whether you reacted in any of these ways this morning. There's There's the joy and the excitement of kids who unwrap the new skateboard or the Lego kit or the new mobile phone. There's the laughter from Dad who opens the joke present from his brother. Uh, This year it's the ugly knitted jumper. Then there's the bemusement from the 15-year-old granddaughter because Grandma sent her a Barbie. Think like she's still five. Come on, Grandma, don't you know how big I am? Then there's the, um, the resentment from Mum when the kids buy her a new vacuum cleaner or her husband buys her a new battery drill that he actually wanted for himself. And then there's the reaction of being slightly insulted when your work colleague gives you mouthwash or deodorant uh, or, or maybe your mother-in-law gives you a membership to a gym or a weight loss clinic. Uh, But then there's the reaction of the one-year-old baby who's actually more interested in the wrapping than the present itself. All sorts of reactions that reflect the value the person places on the gift. Uh, Today we're here to celebrate the greatest gift of all when God gave mankind a present. And just like our own presence, God's present provokes a whole range of different reactions. The present was a baby and this morning I want us to think about, to consider the reaction of three different men or groups of men to that present. Uh, I want us to think about three men and a baby. Uh, Firstly, uh, there's the baby. Uh, God's gift to mankind, his own son, Jesus, God in the flesh, who existed from all eternity but who chose to step into time who chose to step into a human body, fully God, fully man, with a divine father but a human mother. We struggle to understand how that's even possible. But Matthew packs a lot of theology into half a verse when he says at the end of verse 18 that Mary was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. That's all he says. (laughs) You see, Jesus was the gift from God. It's a funny sort of present, isn't it? Why give 
his son as a gift. Why send Jesus? Because God wanted to get us out of some very serious trouble. And Jesus, as God's son, is the only qualified helper. It's what the angel said to Joseph, Mary's husband, in verse 20. Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. That's what the angel says. God sent Jesus so that we can be saved from our sins or to fill that out a little, saved from the the consequences of our sin. You may not have realised that you need to be saved from your your sin. But at the risk of offending you, you do. And I do. We all need to be saved from our sin. The reason we don't realise that is because we tend to think of the word sin as those really bad things that other people do, like murder and robbing banks. But in God's eyes, we are all sinners. Because none of us follow God perfectly. None of us give God the honour or the attention or the obedience that we should. The obedience that he deserves. Because he's made us. We can't meet our own standards of what's right, let alone God's standards. Instead, what we all do is basically ignore God. Now that's really what sin is. Uh, Sin is an attitude... Uh, that an attitude that will result in sinful actions. Our natural inclination is that attitude towards God. We, we just naturally veer towards ruling ourselves, just like a car that hits the gutter and the steering alignment is out. It, it just keeps pulling to the left. All of us naturally veer towards running our own life and refusing to submit to anyone, especially to God. And so we do our own thing and we make our own plans rather than submit to God's plans. Now, many of us certainly turn out to be nice, respectable people. But in the end, it's only because we've decided to be like that. We've made the decision to react in this way or that way rather than because we're choosing to obey God's instructions. Now, that's what sin is. And we're all guilty of that. It's human nature, and because of it, we all deserve separation from God. Now, that puts us in a real mess. But it's why God gave his son as a gift. He came to save people from their sins which he does by taking our punishment for us, which he did when he was crucified. We saw it in the kids' talk with the the present. He died on the cross to take our place. He carried our guilt. He accepted God's anger on himself instead of us having to bear it. Uh, There's a new Netflix movie at the moment called The Swimmers. Uh, It's based on the true story of two sisters, uh, Yusra and Sarah Medini who were uh, training to swim at the Olympics. Uh, In 2015, they escaped war-torn Syria. Uh, From Turkey, they travelled 15 kilometres across the open ocean in a small, overcrowded, inflatable dinghy to the Greek island of Lesbos. 
the boat's sinking because it's overcrowded. So after throwing everything else overboard, the two girls tie a rope around their waist and jump into the water. And they lighten the load in the boat and for the rest of the journey they swim along next to the boat for kilometres and kilometres while the people who can't swim are safe in the boat. They risk their lives to save those who couldn't do it themselves. Now that's what Jesus did. He didn't just risk his life, he gave his life to save us when we couldn't. So we could be free. It's a pretty good Christmas present, isn't it? Incredibly valuable, unexpected, never wears out, anyone can receive it, all you need to do is accept it. Recognise your need, repent of your sin, commit to follow what Jesus says instead. That, that's it. But how did people at the time receive God's gift? How did the people at that very first Christmas react to Jesus? Well, the first and most violent reaction was from King Herod. Herod the Great is what he's gone down in history as being called. The first in a long line of Herods, uh, of kings called Herod. He, he was the Roman appointed king at the time and he's famous in history for the brutal way he dealt with possible rivals for his throne. He actually killed his favourite wife, <laughs> I love that description, his favourite wife and two of his sons because he thought they were threats to the throne. And Jesus is born in Bethlehem, chapter 2, verse 1, and suddenly there's a whole group of foreigners, they're called Magi, who arrive and they ask to see this newborn king. Can you imagine how Herod's going to react to that? This is not what he wants to hear. Herod likes to be the one who makes the decisions. He's got the, throne, the, the crown on his head and now there's a new threat. Now Herod's wrong to think that Jesus is a political opponent. He, he didn't come to play politics or to be an earthly king. He came to save people from their sins, not from their enemies. But Herod's right in the sense that someone more important than him has come along. Jesus is the someone who has the right to tell us all how to live. He's the son of God, he's made us. Now, Herod, of course, doesn't understand all of that, but he'll do anything to stay in control. His plan is for them to, to send the Magi to find Jesus and then, uh, and then they are to tell Herod and, of course, Herod wants to wipe out the opposition like he's done with his close family. He tries unsuccessfully to do it, chapter 2, verse 16. When Herod realised that he'd been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious, gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under in accordance with the time he'd learned from the Magi. Wipe out the opposition. What a tragic, shameful reaction to a gift God's only given because he wants to save us. Herod, blinded by his arrogance and his self-importance, violently rejects the gift and he clings to his own independence and autonomy. But there's another reaction to notice here, the, the, the reaction of the Magi. We may sing, we three kings of Orient are, but we're not actually told how many Magi there are. 
Uh, and they weren't kings, uh, and they probably weren't from the Orient. <laughs> it's more likely they were astrologers from Babylon, which I guess is east, but not that far east. Uh, we may get the Magi wrong, but they get Jesus right, don't they? Uh, when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. Now Matthew, the writer of this biography, clearly wants us to see the contrast between Herod and the Magi. Notice the two different reactions to the gift of Jesus. Herod sees Jesus as a rival king to be wiped out. The Magi see Jesus as a rightful king. Uh, Sorry, Herod sees Jesus as a rival king. The Magi see Jesus as the rightful king to be worshipped. And not just bow down to him, but they give him gifts, precious gifts, because he is worthy of all that they have. Herod goes to great effort and expense and inconvenience to try and find Jesus to kill him. The Magi go to great effort and expense and inconvenience to find Jesus to to honour him. Herod's reaction to God's gift of his son is to reject him. The the, the Magi's reaction is to seek Jesus out, gratefully accept his coming and submit to him. You don't have to be a genius to work out who Matthew wants us to imitate. But there's a third reaction hidden away in our Bibles. Uh, We need to read between the lines because he's not actually mentioned. I I want us to consider the possible reaction of the innkeeper. Uh, We only get a hint about him from Luke's version of the story. Uh, Luke chapter 2 verse 6. While they, that's Mary and Joseph, were there, the time came for the baby to be born and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. No room for Jesus. The saviour of the world, God in the flesh, and the innkeeper didn't want to know about it. No wonder he's not named. (laughs) That innkeeper is the first century equivalent of Colin Hanton. Have you heard of Colin Hanton? I reckon maybe Steve's shaking his head. I thought maybe Steve might have known Colin Hanton, most people haven't. He was a drummer in Liverpool in 1956 in a band that was just trying to establish itself. But he quit in 1959 after an argument with the other three people in the band. He decided he was wasting his time. That's why no one's ever never heard of him. No one has ever heard of him because the other three people were John Lennon, Paul McCartney and George Harrison. Uh, With their new drummer Ringo Starr, they went on to become the Beatles, the most successful band of all time. Now, that's what it's like for the innkeeper. He's missed the opportunity to be there at the ground floor when the long-promised Messiah of Israel was born, the one announced by angels, the, the one announced by a new star, and he's too busy making beds and cooking meals. He doesn't see. He completely misses the visit of God to earth, oblivious to the fact that God in flesh is being birthed by a teenage girl in his back shed. 
Herod may have actively rejected Jesus, but in some ways the innkeeper's the most tragic of all, isn't he? He's so caught up in life, he doesn't even notice Jesus. He totally underestimates the importance of the gift God has given. And so he loses out, not because he rejects it, but because he was looking the other way. So what do you think? Three men and a baby. The baby is Jesus, God's generous gift, given to save us from our sins. The three men are Herod, the Magi, the innkeeper. They all have different reactions. Herod rejects, the Magi accept and submit, the innkeeper's completely unaware. Who are you most like? Chances are there are not too many Herods here this morning, but perhaps that is you. Maybe you're not as vicious as Herod is, but still the thought of Jesus being your king and telling you what to do just infuriates you. You deserve to rule your life and no one else, including Jesus, will tell you how to live. And so maybe you're here this morning to keep the family happy, but in the end you know your heart is hard towards Jesus. You are the boss and you'll do things your way. But maybe you're more like the innkeeper. Maybe life is busy. Children to raise, career to chase, bills to pay, TV to watch. It's not that you're against Jesus. You just never think about him because you're preoccupied. You're busy. And just like you quickly glance at the baby in the nativity scene in the mall, as you quickly walk past doing other things, that's how you actually treat Jesus. You're so caught up in life that you've never thought seriously about the man Jesus and what he came to do. Friends, he came to save you from your sins. Take some time to think about that today. He deserves that, at least. Christmas is about the coming of a king who has authority over us, but who loves us enough to visit and then set us free from the punishment we deserve. The best reaction of all to a gift like Jesus is to gratefully accept him and submit to him. That's what the wise men did. And that's what wise people still do. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your wonderful gift. May we be like the wise men. Amen.